The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. Do you have a sense that the world is about to change forever? Do you believe that you're here on Earth to assist in that global shift? Are you unplugging from systems and behaviors that used to make you feel secure? Are you familiar with terms such as indigo or crystal or starseed? There are many terms that are out there that can describe the different types of people that walk around not realizing that they have a certain purpose here or not understanding why they feel so unique and different. My guest today is Dr. Janine Talti, and she has written an amazing book, which when I read, I, I resonated with so many parts of, called Indigo Awakening. It, it can be described as a metaphysical coming-of-age tale that mixes the wonders of magic and misunderstandings of childhood with the experiences and realizations that lead an adult to share the knowledge of how they came into their indigo awakening. I'd like to welcome Dr. Janine Talti to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Samara. It's nice to be here. You know, I, I was reading through the book, and there were so many segments, particularly the opening paragraphs to each chapter, where I would get chills at times or certain experiences that you had in your life. I can remember even myself having those experiences. But there are a lot of people that might be unfamiliar, even though they may be indigo, might be unfamiliar with the term. And can you, can you explain a little bit generally about what an indigo child is or an indigo adult is? Well, the term actually was coined um, by Ann Tapp in 1987 when she started noticing a different um, color aura uh, surrounding kids that she was seeing in her practice. She was a psychotherapist and was dealing with children who were having difficulties in school and rebellion and behavioral issues. And then the term was picked up by... Um, Lee Carroll and and uh, oh. <laughs> uh, Jan Tober in their understanding of the same sorts of things. Uh, and she um, uh, Jan Tober worked with energy, and she was seeing sort of the same children as as Ann Tapp did, and and Lee Carroll was at that time channeling an entity called Chiron who is speaking about these new children coming in um, who were to be sort of the next phase of human development, um, human consciousness uh, that was going to be uh, evolving, basically. And so they put the two together, and their, their book, um, The 
in you know indigo children uh, has sold God even before nineteen or two thousand five it had sold two hundred fifty thousand copies so something really resonated with the public and a lot of these children uh, that they were noticing this this indigo aura around these were children that were being born in the late seventies. Is that correct? Well, the the majority of the children were identified in the school systems in the mid-1980s, okay. which uh, 50%, according to, to Richard Boylan, who introduced a different terminology for them, it's all about labels, um, calling them the star kids and those who were over 21 years old, the star seeds. He, in his research, he's identified that 50% of the children in who were born in 1970 were of this persuasion. So we we start identifying them, you know, as a as a group in the mid 1980s. But they have been coming in far far sooner, and that means that many of them are well into their adulthood. There are some who are in their 60s and 70s, and it probably goes back even further, uh, the last 100 to 200 years. And many of these indigos, they have certain characteristics, uh, characteristics that you discovered even from a very, very early age. What are some of the typical characteristics that an indigo child or adult will discover about themselves? Well, just physically, just you know, you can. I, once you see it, you 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 can't you know you can't uh, believe that you've missed it. But the physical characteristics are easy to identify. They tend to have larger heads and larger feet. They tend to have large almond-shaped eyes with brilliant iris colors. Most of you know people are thinking that they're all blue-eyed, but they're really not. Um, the iris color is just deep and penetrating and translucent. It could be brown, it could be green. Uh, any of the colors um, are, are capable of still qualifying. They have low basal body temperatures. Typically, they have a much more robust immune system, and yet some of them are so sensitive that they end up with autoimmune issues. Um, they have a very appealing, dynamic appearance, just generally. They have a knowing gaze and a mature outlook, kind of like, you know, little wise people stuck in a, in a child's body. Um, they have abilities to perform all kinds of sort of magical traits, and they don't even really realize that they're different, and that is... They have abilities to remote view, see things that aren't in front of them, but but uh, sort of transport their consciousness into different places. In my case, into the teacher's math book, <laughs> 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 um, and and they they uh, they're sort of psi savants. They're they're known for their psychic abilities. They know when things are going to happen. They have wide access to past life knowledge. And they don't understand how others don't see it the way they see it, um, at least initially. Oh, what does on, that on. do for a child? And I know you wrote about this in your book, Indigo Awakening, which has uh, just been released. And it, it's a story about your own journey of discovery uh, of being an indigo. What does that do to a child when they're experiencing a young age, uh, people not really grasping that they can see things or that they can feel things? Well, the child doesn't know that their abilities are any different than anybody else's. They just assume that everybody's got this stuff. And it's not until you're met with strange looks and raised eyebrows when you try to mention it that you realize you're kind of a freak, <laughs> you know, based on your experiences versus those around you. 
And if you don't find somebody in your immediate you know, surrounding or family or friends uh, that can validate you know, who this child is or at least validate these traits, many of the kids um, begin to shut them down and hide them. And, and that really is, well, I think, the journey of this book is to reawaken adults into reminding them that they did experience these these abilities and had these awarenesses and maybe they did mean something, you know, and, and they've shut them down just to sort of fit into society because you're made fun of, you know, you're, you don't belong in groups, you feel you can be completely alone in a crowd and you don't have a whole lot to talk about, you know, as far as small talk. <laughs> It's not that interesting. <laughs> well, and this goes beyond the typical, you know, a lot of people might sit back and say, well, you know, all kids go through that teasing. All kids, you know, get picked on and that kind of thing. But it, it goes a little bit beyond that because indigos, they interpret things differently. They see things differently with their brain. They they have a way to look at something very uh, three-dimensionally and see the whole rather than the parts of it. Absolutely. So, so they they truly do feel very unique and very different from everyone else. Absolutely, they they and that's where they get into trouble in the school system. The way it's set up now is that it's taught you know in a linear fashion, and these kids don't think that way. They see the holes. They have to touch it. They have to experience three dimensions. Otherwise, they're confused. And in my opinion, it's because they truly are neurologically wired differently. Um, I think Carolyn Mace said it the best and that is that there's two species walking around right now as we are leaving the Piscean Age and, and entering the Aquarian Age. The split brain, right, wrong, black, white, good, bad sorts of, of, of approaches toward life that many people have can never see it the same way the indigo, spherical, three-dimensional mind uh, can experience it. And so it's very different and challenging to try and fit these kids into this sort of linear concept, and so they tend to have trouble in school. They tend to get labeled. They tend to um, be put in special education. They tend to be medicated back into the norm. And so they learn very early on that they're not normal and that they're not okay and that they're somehow broken. So that starts just becoming, you know, sulfuric acid on their self-concept of, of who they are and their self-images and... Many of them you know, will shut these traits down just as a means of conforming to the norm. It made me really wonder as I was reading through the book because there's so many autistic children that are um, out there now. And I started to wonder, you know, is that also another type of child that's coming forward just as indigos with this whole transition and transformation towards 2012? And you wrote a bit about that in the book, uh, that, that movement towards 2012 and how children, the indigo children particularly, were to help bring that forward. Well, what, what was really interesting for me and part of the reason I, I wrote this book was in my studying, you know, what's really going on? Okay, so we have this change in these kids. That's interesting. But these kids have been foretold in many ancient indigenous societies' oral history and written history, that a new consciousness, a new, uh, like the next evolution of our, of our species would be coming in at this time to help midwife this shift, I'm sorry, this shift of moving from um, 
from, from actually completing the procession of the equinoxes, which according to the Mayan calendar, if we interpret it the way that uh, most are at this point, that is going to be 2012, you know, December 21st, 2012. There are some, some counting systems that um, vary from that, but we're already seeing the changes. We're seeing that this, the age in which we now know is crumbling. We're leaving the fourth, the fourth world and we're moving into the fifth according to the way the Mayan calendar is interpreted. And as we move from this fourth world into the fifth world, you can understand what the experience of an indigo adult is like by picking up a copy of Indigo Awakening, Dr. Janine Talty's story of an indigo child's journey of growing up with fantastic abilities and perceptions and coming to understand who and why she's really here. We'll be right back in just a few minutes to speak a little bit more, and you can see her website at indigoawakening.com. We'll be right back. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. 
You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. The indigo child possesses a brain that is wired very differently from the brains of others. It is not that they have learning difficulty, they have learning differences because they see things in a way that perhaps we all don't see. The indigo children, in fact, are the next evolution of the human species and possess special abilities that many other adults have not tapped into. I'm here with Dr. Janine Talty and talking about her latest book, Indigo Awakening. Dr. Talty, we were speaking about moving into that whole prediction that's been there forever. You said all of the indigenous peoples have predicted that there would be a new consciousness, a new group of of people that would come onto the planet to help usher that energy forward. What brought you to the place of starting to feel like there's something here? there's, There's something that is just resonating with me about being unique and there being a reason and it being called something. How did you get to that place of, of looking for what is this? Well, I, I had always been there. I mean, my I have a recollection. I think I was probably in first grade um, when I was being teased and knowing that I was here for a much higher purpose and that people would not be treating me this way if they actually knew who I was, as if I was something <laughs> special. But I knew that I was on some sort of mission. And even though throughout all my training and all the experiences that I brought to myself, and it was almost sort of an initiation, because I felt that physical challenge was just as important as mental challenge in order to kind of hone and, and, and forge the steel to the point where it needed to be to, to bring this, this mission to fruition fruition, even though I didn't know what it was. So I just knew all along that all the challenges that were put before me were ways of improving not only skills, but getting me to know who I was and what I was made of. Because the difference of the indigos versus the rainbows and the crystals is that they are really the warriors. They're the ones forging the new path for the others in which to follow. And I call them the headbangers. You know, they're the ones that are, you know, with the machetes in hand, chopping their way through the the jungle. Um, And they they really have their warrior on lead. Um, And so that that separates them a little bit from from the more softer angelic beings who are coming in now. Um, Many of them have access to other dimensional realities. Um, Many of the, the autistic kids are having trouble just sort of being in their own personality and, and, and creating an identity here because they're so still involved in in other dimensional experiences. And so these kids, they're, they're, they're all a little bit different in, in the way that they're approaching this shift of consciousness. You know, they all have a higher moral value and they all are here with sort of a missionary zeal in which to help people wake up to their highest and best potential. Do you think that uh, the indigos, when they were coming in, you called them headbangers, were they coming in with that warrior uh, essence because they were really trying to get our attention and make a shift, and was society at a place where we really needed that kind of uh, energy to come forward to help us? to help these other ones usher afterward? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the one that was 
my greatest uh, example of that, who I actually had a little interaction with, which is in the book, is is David Icke. I don't know if you are aware of you know who he is or what he is, but um, he's a he's a British fellow who's been trying to awaken society into how things are really run in this dimension, and he refers to it often as the Matrix and how you know this this place works and who's in control and what the the agenda is is trying to get us to do and he has you know his whole story is just one challenge after another um, so he describes himself as sort of being the edge of the snowplow you know biting through the ice you know to allow um, the rest to to sort of fill in and and continue the work. Um, so we all are. We all have different jobs to do. We've all signed on for a, a different sort of mission. Whether we're support staff for the headbangers, or if we're to bring in love and and hug trees and and change vibrations of groups or individuals. Um, there's just all kinds of different ways that we're assisting in 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 being witness to the breaking down of society, which we are now experiencing, and having that, you know, holding that place of compassionate detachment, allowing it to happen, supporting those who are having more difficult times than others, because of our perspective of being able to see it for what it is, that it's necessary in order to usher in something new. There's a statement that you have in the book that I really liked, and it's, it stated that part of the mission for indigos to be here is to correct the imbalances that humans have created from greed and lack of concern beyond their own individual needs. And so this is also a refocusing back to ourselves. But why do you think, uh, and, and you had so many situations throughout the book that were really extreme challenges, very difficult things, and even David Icke has had his own types of challenges. Why do you think such large challenges were so necessary? I think we, and I mean the, the, the indigos or the crystals or the, the, the rainbows, we have signed on to help. We have come in, come into the physical, you know, to become incarnate, to help transduce energy into matter. This being in a body is the only time that you can actually have this incredibly creative experience of of being able to 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 change an energetic vibration and and bring it into the physical dimension as we know it and as our five senses perceive it. Um, you know, I just because of our physical uh, senses, we are sort of tapped into a very narrow range of the radio dial, if you will. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that's all that exists. Um, there's frequencies and vibrations that are far beyond our abilities to perceive and, de- and de- decode with our physical apparatus in the human body. So I do think, you know, and I see it in my medical practice, you know, that there are people who are here clearing karma of the planet and of the human species through their physical systems. They're experiencing it in chronic pain syndromes, chronic illness. Um, it's just interesting that I have recently sort of woken up to realize that probably a third of my practice are derailed indigos, people who came in to do their mission and they've just been 
fraught with too many challenges that they weren't able to overcome, and they're just sort of spinning in their physical bodies, not able to transmute it into a different vibrational level. And their bodies are sort of the ones taking it on, and they're not able to, to complete what they, what they came in to do. And that physical experience that they're having, is that something that if they get to a certain awareness or get to a certain type of practitioner that they can alleviate some of that, um, whether it's detoxing for the planet or helping to um, transduce for the planet? Um, I'd like to believe that. (laughs) But some of these things just seem insurmountable. I mean... You know, I went to medical school. I learned all the potential diseases that are, you know, can you know affect human species, and taken my board exams, passed them with ninety percent. And I see the stuff that isn't in those pages. You know, I see stuff that is different in these these patients. I mean, I kind of consider my practice the end of the road cafe. I mean, they've been everywhere, done everything known to God, man, and science, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> So if it was on the physical level, it would have been addressed. And so we get to this place, sort of the edge of the abyss of known you know, medicine, and we have to scratch our head and ask different questions. Um, and knowing what I know now, and I'm learning every single day, um, I am really realizing that some of these things, even though they are uncomfortable and causing disability and, and all kinds of chaos in their lives, I think there's sort of a signing on for the big job to do this sort of work in the physical that they, that they have agreed to. And, and, and having those experiences doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be stuck in the mire of um, that this is my experience, but it actually might support someone stepping more fully into their purpose of why they're here then. Absolutely. It gives them a whole other level of validation as to who they are, while they're, why they're experiencing what they're experiencing, and going to a more you know, altruistic sense of it and saying, wow, this is not just my suffering. I'm, I'm, I'm transducing this suffering for the collective, and it needs to be done. And that's so much why I believe, too, this book has come through for you because you had to experience it. You had to have the wisdom of it. You had to really understand what other indigos were experiencing so that those that were unaware could find it either in your book or others that needed specific support for their challenges could find you at your practice and get the assistance perhaps that they needed. Absolutely. I mean, it's very interesting with all the... um challenges that I met and put myself through um, voluntarily, <laughs> there really isn't a whole lot, at least physical injuries, um, you know, physical injuries that walk through my door that I haven't already had and overcome. So I have this amazing ability to say, you know what, I had this too, and this is how I got better, and no one really helped me. I just kind of figured it out, and I can help you, you know, and so it gives them a, a whole other level of, of encouragement and and support. I am here today with Dr. Janine Talty, a successful osteopathic physician who has written the book Indigo Awakening. You can find out more about her at indigoawakening.com 
or on her medical website, which is wellness-rehab.com. That's wellness-rehab.com. Challenges never seem to cease for the indigo, nor do the universal lessons that come from the life experiences, but they are here for a purpose, to help support the transducing of energy into matter. We will be right back with Dr. Talty, and we will learn a little bit more about indigos. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you looking for Life's Balance? Look no further than 7th Wave Network. We're bringing you Life's Balance with Shaman M. Let Melody McBride take you on a unique listening experience. You'll explore the world of alternative health. Learn about the many facets of healing. Preventative lifestyles from children to seniors will be discussed on the show. Listen for Life's Balance with Shaman M. Broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. It's the healthy side of life. Let peace and balance be yours. And the results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgical Urinary biopsy. Urinary VMA After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Indigo adults push themselves to superhuman limits as if the challenges are some kind of game. They constantly drive themselves towards a goal even if they don't know what that goal is. It appears to outsiders that there's a mission to accomplish or a hidden schedule. And the reason the indigo children... And indigo adults have this agenda and are running headlong is because they're headed for that conscious shift of 2012 foretold by many ancient cultures, including the Mayan, Egyptian, and Hopi. I am here with Dr. Janine Talty, a successful osteopathic physician, and her website is wellness-rehab.com, but also the author of Indigo Awakening. 
A Doctor's Memoir of Forging an Authentic Life in a Turbulent World. It's her own story as an indigo adult as she reawakens to discover the indigo within. And you can find out more about that at indigoawakening.com. There are so many little gems in this book because I think that many people would pick it up and read it and very much resonate with some of the experiences that you've had. And over the commercial break, we talked a little bit about how uh, many artists and uh, different people in the creative field seem to be picking it up and finding that. What do you think uh, the reason behind that is? Well, I, I, I think that there are a lot of adults who are of this persuasion um, statistically, and and they don't they don't see themselves as part of a larger a larger whole. They've always seen themselves as outside the box. Um, they never fit in. They don't think the same way. They don't react the same way. They their emotional content seems to be different than other people, and they're constantly asking themselves, you know, why are people why do why do the humans behave that way, or why do they respond that way, or why are they mean to each other? Um, so uh, the reason this book, I think, came through, and I almost don't take credit for it because it was sort of a download, um, is to to be able to connect with those who have felt outcasted and give them a different way in which to view themselves and perhaps give them for the first time a sense that they belong to a greater whole, which really has a very, very high purpose. And then to put on top of that that this has been foretold almost you know, verbatim by all these indigenous societies, shamanistic societies, all of a sudden gives you a sense that, you know, I have a, I have a, a much different purpose than, than what I perhaps thought. You know, it's interesting that you said that this was like a download that came through you because as I read through the book, there's a, there's sections at the beginning of each chapter that are written in italics, and I kept feeling as if this was being channeled, particularly that part was being channeled. And I'll read one segment, um, which is in Chapter 13 on Trusting Messages. You will be receiving new information that will be wrapped in different packages and come through different channels from those you are used to. Know that you have the circuitry to handle it. Keep your instrument clear and the channels open to access this etheric knowledge as it agonizes to reach you. You will find it difficult to discuss this with non-indigos because they will not understand. Only the few who are on similar journeys will understand this new language in which words have no purpose. All of the little passages that are written in italics really seem to be a directory or a guideline for indigos to follow to say you're okay and this is what it's going to be like continue forward on what you're doing you're, you're okay absolutely and I'm, I'm sitting here with this big smile because i had to fight claw and scratch to keep those in um really? during the publishing process <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were removed there for a while and i was just intuitively going you know berserk because that was the thread that that you know, who wants to read somebody's story? It's blah, 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 you know. Um, but those were the, the gems that that kept a coalescence of of the book being a mirror to the reader um, who may be of this persuasion. And so, yeah, when those came through, what I would do is I would just sort of transport myself and and 
envision myself standing before an audience of all awakened indigos, and I would just say, what would I say to them? And the words would just come. Um, and each one was a little bit, you know, um, uh, tailored for the content of the chapter, you know, of what the reader would be reading as far as the, the personal story. But um, it was, it, that came through, it's a completely different voice and a different vibration um, completely than than the rest of the prose. It's very evident, and you know, there's a lot of yellow highlighting in a lot of those sections <laughs> in my book. But earlier in the chapter, particularly in the beginning when you were um, in your younger years, five, six, seven, you often referred to knowing things from the past, knowing things from other lifetimes, knowing things from uh, very far-off histories. And it's it's almost as if you're bringing back messages from... Uh, very, very ancient times through these passages. Perhaps. You know, it, there's really no d- distinction um, from an, uh, my personal experience, and I, I think that this is collect, you know, this is, this is also can be, um, you know, broadened to the, the greater whole of all indigos, is that we are operating on multi dimensions all the time. We can see things from different different per, perceptive um, areas, but we also, we don't stay here a lot. Um, we astrally project. We go places. We, you know, in school they say that, that their you know, kids will daydream. Well, in the case of the indigo, they're there. <laughs> or, they're, or they're bringing in, there's a whole other way of looking at past lives. You know, did we really live them, yes or no? Or when we come into incarnate, do we sort of bring in uh, lebs of, of, of information as if they're programs from those other eras or from uh, the Akashic Record that, that holds that knowledge that in which to use in this life experience, to rely on? As a child, I relied so much on past life knowledge just to get through at different phases of my, my learning you know, curve, and and if I hadn't already known many things, I would have never made it. Um, and so I, I would download these experiences and knowledge um, at certain times in order to survive. Well, and that just had to blow the big people's minds because in one part you talked about drawing a picture and it was of the ocean and all of these things, and and the woman walks in and says, "Where did you see this?" And you hadn't seen it at all; you just knew it within you. And those types of experiences, even for adults today, would probably feel very frightening to have their child know something that they know they've never shown them. Yes, and many of the adults, you know, who who describe what it's like to have a four-year-old start talking about, you know, his time when he was hanging out with Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci and, and using the names perfectly in their in their description. Um, are pretty much flipped out by it. <laughs> it gets their attention, and there's really no other way of explaining where the child got that information. You know, some of these folks never had a TV, um, so yeah, it, it's it's it can be disconcerting. But the the best way to approach it, if there's out if there's, if there's parents out there listening, is to ask more questions, delve more deeply into what the child is recalling, and. And validate that. Don't make the child uh, 
feel inadequate or that they're making it up or that they're, you know, they must be uh, up to some sort of game. Um, they should really sort of foster um, the comments that the children make and 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 allow them to express what it is they know because it's vast. Uh, but if the child is is met with, uh, you know, resistance on any level or shock or disbelief, they're going to stop sharing these experiences and they'll they'll you know they'll start shutting this this knowledge down. Unfortunately, and and probably the biggest things that parents need to do is just simply relax. I mean, in our society today, everything is so fast paced and everyone seems to be so stressful and fear-driven, um, and, and they're, they're making their kids run just as fast. Are indigos and autistic children and star kids and crystals and rainbows, are they here to just show us, you know, let's just let it flow. Let's sit back and relax a bit and let's see what's going on. I think part of their mission is certainly the, the, the rainbows and the crystals and those, you know, who we're seeing as the autistic kids. Um, too much stimulation just, you know, makes them go crazy. I mean, they need, like, time out. So they need to be held tightly and contained into small areas to, to calm them because too much stimulation is is what is driving, you know, their behavioral outbursts. Um, these kids are going to show us a way uh, that we haven't seen before. I had a very interesting experience um, on the North Island of New Zealand a couple years ago as I was part of a group who had a three-hour audience um, with the very last Maori tribal elder um, named Rose Pere. And she um, she was the embodiment of the warrior, the grandmother, the scholar, um, the cook. <laughs> I mean, she was just amazing. And she, she spoke, um, sort of free-flowing, and she began to speak about the new kids and that when, her, when she was to come into Carnate's experience, her birth was foretold by the elders and which woman she would come through and where that would be, and they were all there to, to receive her and then take her along in her education uh, into the, the ancient ways. And she, she stood there with her staff, and she pounded on the ground. She says, I am the last. I am the last because we are, no, we are leaving the time of the guru and that the children today are coming cable-ready with the knowledge that I had to learn and I had to, to experience through an initiation process. She said, the children now know what I know, and it's time to, to leave the guru consciousness I am here with Dr. Janine Talty, successful osteopathic physician and author of Indigo Awakening. Have you noticed magical abilities to see, feel, hear, move, and transduce energy? Do you have maladies that doctors cannot explain? Have you suspected that your suffering might be part of humanity's clearing of collective patterns? Come on back and we're going to talk about a test that you can take to discover a little more about yourself. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. 
just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Indigo Awakening is Dr. Janine Talsi's personal experience as discovering all of the challenges and the gifts from being an indigo child, uh, growing into an indigo adult. The foreword is written by Dr. Christine Page and also goes into how indigo children function on this planet and how they uh, awaken to their very simple and ready reality, which is to maximize their own potential. Remaining small is not an option for indigos, and obviously Dr. Janine Talty is no longer remaining small with this wonderful book that has come out. Um, I would love to let people know a little bit more about how they might find out. How how do they know they're an indigo? And, And does it matter? Does it matter if they know they're an indigo? Well, I think it gives you a certain level of validation of all the weird things that have happened in your life that were otherwise unexplainable. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important that, that people have a way of self-analysis or uh, being able to, to, to test themselves. Um, Dr. Richard Boylan, who's been studying this phenomenon for 25 years, more in the... Uh, UFO 
cover-up genre because he sees them as star kids and star seeds, um, which in his his experience is a blending of of, um, of extraterrestrial and human DNA, and it all goes back to us using the uh, atomic bomb on ourselves, basically on our own species in 1945 with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and how that was that was absolutely um, the 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 uh, forbidden by the Star Federation. Um, according to him, there's 1,400 different um, star beings uh, that have visited our galaxy and and exist. And using atomic weaponry on any higher consciousness being or in that venue at all is a no-no. And so they tried to contact our leaders, and they did. And according to him, there were high-level meetings. And we refused to to abide by that rule, that we wouldn't promise not to do that again. Um, so according to him, they decided to sort of infiltrate um, our... Uh, species by pretty much in, in introducing their own higher order consciousness beliefs, um, traits, and abilities um, by by uh, four means. But the most common mean was way of doing it was as sort of crawlins that um, by blending their DNA with with humans, these children would be born um, very much with different traits. That's why the, the almond-shaped eyes, the different iris colors, the large heads to contain a, a higher-level brain. Um, so he's really kind of taken it to the next level. And for a lot of people hearing something like that, they're going to kind of shrug it off and say, that's sci-fi and that's a bunch of stuff that's being made up. But you know, there is something different happening. There is a different type of human that's being born. And there's obviously something in the air. You know, Things are shifting. Things are moving. And we're reaching particular states in our economy, in our social structure that are saying change must occur or we will have to function in other ways that, that we may not like. Absolutely. Um, yeah, his, his theories are a little bit hard to grasp, especially if you haven't really considered that, and you know, it's very easy to shrug it off. Um, but he has devised a 54-question uh, questionnaire that... Um, pulls these traits out and asks either the parent to ask to answer the questions for the child, or if you're an adult, you can answer the questions yourself. And it's it's um, it's an inductive questionnaire, so it's not been validated by you know, scientific means. But um, he does have a breakdown of of a numeric system, and if you score 12 and above, you're likely a, a, an indigo or a star seed. Um, and anything beyond that, you're just a stronger one, basically. Um, he also has devised another means of measurement, which I have found incredibly um, useful, and that is that these these kids and adults have a very, very expanded um, bioelectromagnetic photic field around them. The heart generates an electromagnetic field, um, we know that the research at heart mass um, has been studying that for 20, 20 years now in uh, uh, here in Santa Cruz county um, but what what how this can be measured is with dowsing rods and you know is this the edge of the auric field or at least the part that the the, the rods can 
can uh, pick up. Who knows? But um, an average human being that is not of this this, this upgraded consciousness, um, the the rods will open at 18 to 20 feet off. Uh, I'm sorry, 18 to 20 inches off the body. Um, a star kid, star seed, or indigo uh, will will split the rods at three feet and above. And according to Dr. Boylan, the largest photic field he's ever men- measured was an Italian young man, 22-year-old, um, where he measured him at 54 feet. Wow. I've been measuring my patients, who I suspect, who are of this ilk, and the average in our clinic is anywhere from 13 to 26 feet. And the reason I started using that is that part of my journey um, and part of what I found my mission to be was um, there is sort of this energetic surge that comes through me with certain patients, not all, but but maybe 50%, that comes through my physical system into them and they notice changes and pain goes away and uh, reassurance comes in and colors come in and... Visions come in, and it's very—it's quite interesting. And I spent ten years trying to figure out what it was. Um, and so, what I got to do after learning about what Dr. Boylan's been up to is that I cross-check those who get this download to, to with the dowsing rods, and there's a 100% correlation of those who get the download um, are definitely qualify as as um, having a much higher and larger. Uh, photic field. Well, whether you are someone that is of a mindset that can be open to discovering all of this or not, I would suggest taking the questionnaire because if nothing else, you'll understand how you might need to communicate with someone that's in your household. I'd like to thank Dr. Janine Talty for being on 1111 Talk Radio and ask you to pick up your copy of Indigo Awakening. You can go to her website at indigoawakening.com or order it online. Next week, we have special guest Donna DeLore talking about her new CD release, Sanctuary, and we're going to discover her journey into music and discovery of motherhood and how that all changed. I am Simran Singh, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.